We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience. Jeff and I recorded the golf show live on YouTube on Monday evening, and that will be the first part of the show. If you check the time codes and you only care about fantasy football, well, you can just scrub right to that, although there's a lot of people being fired up on the golf show after hitting big winners. I've now seen over seven 10K or more wins so far this week from the golf. So, yeah, let's go. I hope you uh, subscribe to Fantasy National out there. And remember to subscribe to RunTheSims.com. RunTheSims.com slash Mayo for all your NFL tools. Need Game Sims, Optimizer, the Research Center. It's fucking awesome. Go check it out, all right? So, golf first, then into fantasy football. Remember to go to Mayo Media Network and subscribe to that on YouTube. And rate and review this podcast while you're here, all right? Thank you. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings and Tony Finau 2021 BMW Championship Picks Preview, one and done, and a recap of the northern trust i want all of you out there right now to smash the like button to the video if you're in the live chat thank you but that's not going to help us with the algorithm after the fact in the comment section if you're watching this not live as we are going live directly after the northern trust on youtube on mayo media network which you should subscribe to by the way if you haven't because if you haven't what's wrong with you help us out come on we're putting out a ton of content right now. I just released a brand new three fantasy football shows in the past 24 hours, including a breakdown of runthesims.com, all the free tools, all the premium tools. You want those premium tools? Go to runthesims.com slash mayo. You have seven days to cancel if you think that the tools are shit, which they aren't, so you'll love it anyway. But hey, you might as well pay for it now. See if you like it or not for football season, and boom. If you don't, you can cancel before the seven-day trial ends. So runthesims.com slash mayo. Watch the video. You can see all of the cool tools that are in there it's like fantasy national but for football and since you like golf and football we should be good to go also fantasynational.com slash mayo will get you 20 percent off listeners league link will be in the description following the conclusion of the live stream and in the podcast version of this show is there anything else i need to hit i don't think so jeff feinberg all you needed to do for tony finau to get over the finish line was also finally have me bet on him too. Now, I hedged out. I'm not going to pretend like I didn't, but I still locked in a big win. Tony Finau is a winner. Sir, you are only down $10,000 lifetime on Tony Finau now. 
Oh no, I had a good one. I had a good one. We might be whole. And I spread it around too. I made multiple people pay for this. My wife goes to bed. Maybe I'll show you. You could check the feed. People also thinking like I'm some I'm gonna like come out of the negative because I gotta give away a Herbert card tonight. No, just that just no. Just put into perspective what oh my god. Yeah, honestly. Honestly, my wife's going to Paris in a couple of weeks. I might join her. I might join her. I might join her. I feel great. I got to give you credit, Pat. You pointed it out on Monday. Like I'm a female fanboy, a female-aholic, a female apologist. But you said, whoa, 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 stop the clock. It just took a full season because we got to the playoffs. It took a full freaking season of him to go winless again and show wonky form to get a number that you said, this thing actually seems kind of fair. This thing seems fair. Um, so, you know, I hadn't put it on my card. You bet it. Wednesday night, I'm like, FOMO, FOMO. Then I tweeted it out, FOMO, Finau, 66 to 1. Let's go. I'm so fired up. This win, honestly, I, 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 I maybe the only thing that emotionally hit me like that um, beyond will it, not even financially, I mean, would have been like Tiger's win at the Masters. Like, I got got. My wife's got a video of me crying. It might come out. It might come out. Kids are getting toys. I am so happy. Uh, it's over. It's over. It's over. And the biggest event, the hardest field. Oh, it's not a major, but maybe there's floodgates. Uh, he's the leader in the clubhouse for the FedEx Cup. He just took, did he just take his Ryder Cup spot back? Three and a half points at Le Club National, winning this event? Woo! He is locked on to the Ryder Cup team now. Locked! At, at least in my mind he is. He, had, he was, I thought he was going to make it anyway, and this pushes him way past it. Like you just thought him being T5 Tony was enough of a birdie machine for them to want to bring him, right? I thought so that, I mean, based on his play at Whistling Straits, the last time the PGA Championship was there, he just needed to show some form in the playoffs because he's had a pretty rough go over the past like two and a half months, especially with the driver. And he got, I mean, it's funny because Cust wants to take credit for it despite the fact that he cursed him into the playoff because he said he was going to miss his par putt. So thanks, Cus, for locking up that the money for everyone on that one, uh, using the powers to your advantage. But like, it's funny, all of the stuff that could have gone wrong, it seemed like was going wrong. Like, pars the first par five on the front, makes bogey on the second one. Right after t Tim says he's on Fina, he can't get it out of the bunker. It's like, well, he just made pars on probably two of the three, two of the four easiest holes on the course, and then he just goes nuclear on the back. I can't, I cannot believe he made that seven foot par putt on 18. It still blows my mind. I thought a hundred out of a hundred times he misses it. <laughs> yeah, he pulled it into that bunker off the perfect drive. I guess it was that 14, right? That like 28 footer on 14 that he kind of walked in. We were like, okay. Now this feels like different. This feels different because I'll tell you, Saturday was painful with his putter. He putted great on Friday. I, I mean, just perception-wise. Saturday, he left them out there. Um, and I don't know, whatever carpet was in Tony's hotel room, he better install that in his basement. You know, Webb Simpson has Toyota Camry carpet at home in his putting room. 
Uh, apparently they like that trunk Toyota Camry carpet, but whatever, whatever Liberty national hotel, Tony was putting on the, on the roll in. Uh, he said that that's what he was doing during uh, the being locked up there, putting in the hotel room, rip it out, bring it home. Let's go. I want to remind everyone that next week for Eastlake, that show will not be coming out until Tuesday. We're going to do Eastlake picks. It's a small field. It's 30 players. And maybe we'll give out some awards for the year because next Monday is officially the switch from full-time golf into full-time football. The NFC win total show with myself, Tim Andercust, and you, Jeff, will be doing the first of a, uh, what, like 24 weeks of the most popular show on this network? I'm fired up to do that. You tweeted some stuff today. Tim is freaking on one. He has no chill. I, I'm super fired up about that. I'm about, like, I honestly have, like, the Chargers just won a playoff game. Very few golf things do that to me on the inside. Although I wouldn't be standing if the Chargers, like, I would be on the floor so inebriate i'm trying to get there we'll get there tonight but um talking about yeah i i can't wait i can't wait this is a magic now now we have a 70-man tournament east like i don't even care about golf season anymore like that just happened i don't know we're doing a golf show and i'm gonna have picks and maybe if you want to put it out there i'll give away the herbert card like at the end of the show pat i'll just pick someone or paul can pick someone who liked the tweet that I put out there today, maybe just like cross-reference that they've never been cruel to me on the internet before, and they can have the card. I'm so, super fired up. So you, you, you I'm won, super fired up. Tony just I, won. I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't even know. I cannot believe it. He did it. He did it. And Rom wilted. Who saw that coming? Like we saw, we saw Henley wilt. We saw English wilt. We were kind of surprised, but it's like you know, heartbreaking in some sense to the betters. It's like, it's English, it's Henley, it's golf. Rum was what, up three? Going to the back? Who saw that? Not I, not I. It's nice to be in the opposite position of the last two weeks and basically every event for like the past two months where, oh, I have the guy who looks like he's going to win. Oh no, he's not going to win anymore. So just, it felt like I was close for so long and while I didn't get the full 60 to one payout, I got the top five and the half win. I think of beat it down to like 28 to one i saw some big scores out there from people though not just you because you t texted me your ticket it was fucking huge but ah! sorry i turned my mic down i promise yeah i think you might need to turn it down even more you're still sounding modulated there pal you're too fired up when we get like halfway through so when we get halfway through the show you're gonna have to turn yourself back up again when we're like oh should we bet burger again this week we'll see but i saw <laughs> I saw at least four five-figure paydays out there from DraftKings. So shout out Aaron Wise. You couldn't cash my top 20, but I think he helped a lot of people on DraftKings this week with his trading birdie for bogey strategy. But hey, for DraftKings, that works out well. And I got to find our guy. I, I always forget. He was in the World Golf Championships, the DraftKings Championships. B Smirch is what I keep reading it as in my head. But Who now, won that? Uh, I don't know who won, but... Uh, uh, Besmirch is just what I'm going to say right now, as I totally forget what their username is. But he came sixth because Finau won in the playoff. It vaulted him up like 15 spots. So that's a pretty significant payday at the same time, too. It was like a million to first, I think. So I think that pays like 40K or 35K or something like that. So congratulations. That's fucking awesome. That's amazing. That's amazing. I saw uh, what, 
I don't want to screw up anyone's name, but I saw a lot of like loyal longtime listeners too, like Pulley showing some big tickets, um, showing some big tickets. So that's exciting. That's super fun. I don't know. I'm super fired up. Uh, everything just feels right. Everything feels right. There's a lot of melancholy that goes on for me. And I don't know. This, this just changed big, big, big. Oh, let's go. Are you more are you more excited Tony Finau won this event, or are you gonna get more excited when Ricky Fowler wins the Corn Ferry Championship next year? Okay, but Ricky, I saw okay, just to go back to that, he's exempt, right? Yeah, he's he fine. still has another year of exemption. I, I I was told I don't need to worry about that yet. I, I don't know if he's fully exempt. I think career earnings wise gets him a whole bunch of stuff and he'll be eligible for every sponsor's exemption. And you know, like Jack but, invites him to Memorial, like he's going to be glad handed some things too, oh, right? In, his, in any, his attempt to get back and stuff. Any tournament that awards him like that just award special exemptions like Zalatoris got for every tournament this year that Ricky is going to get those for every tournament next year if he's not qualified he's like, for the that's tournament. really bad for guys who kind of need them like in the NCAA tournament when a team gets uh, has to get like an at-large bid that's an obvious team that's like bad for the other like bad teams that really need at-large bids if that makes any sense well the sponsor's exemption is there for the tournament organizers to potentially sell tickets like they like to like you always see like they oh, try i get to, it i get it yeah like they, it. They, they try to it's not that they're giving them to bad players they generally give them to like up and coming players so if the john deere gives you an exemption in your i don't know john augustine and you you know end up being a really good player you win the john deere classic like chances are like when you're good you might come back a few times too so that's usually what they're reserved for but if you could have the chance to have ricky fowler at your tournament just knowing like he's still going to be a draw whether he's good or bad at least he'd have to be bad for like another four years in order for him not to get them so i, I wouldn't worry about not seeing him in places i would i wouldn't worry and i guess just quickly before we move on pat there's a lot of people across the pond who really do think that Padraig is going to just do like the band back together and Bobby Mack is going to be left out and it's going to be Poulter Sergio Rose for, for captain's picks. When you say a lot of people across the pond think that it's just like a lot of people over here have like their, Oh, have the hero most definitely the players on the team. It's like, no, that's not going to be what it is. It never is. So I wouldn't just take that to the bank by any means. Yeah. But they've been watching things that Potty's been saying and just keeping an eye on, on their team a lot closer. And while we think it's a foregone conclusion that Mr. McIntyre will be included, um, it doesn't seem to be a foregone conclusion to people sort of closer to the team. I don't mean actually closer involved, but, you know, trying to keep up regularly with, with the, with the waves. Yeah. I don't want to start speculating on Ryder cup. And we did that last week. I think Tony's on the team now. Also batch is me is came sixth in the fantasy golf world championship. So congratulations to you that close to bringing it home. I looked at the win probabilities and like top 10 probabilities that Nelson had put out after running all the Sims. And he was projected to come like 20th after the third round. So a sixth place finish is not too shabby, Jeff. Uh, not at all. Not at all. I was thinking about that tournament uh, all weekend. I was kind of keeping tabs on it. I got lost in like the Finau bit once we got to the back nine, but I don't know. I'm envious of all those guys. I'd love to be able to 
if not even get into that event, just sort of be there when DraftKings puts on that great event that they seem to do each year at this tournament when things get really back to normal. Well, when things get back to normal, maybe we'll just do a live broadcast from there. I know that they're down there anyway. Maybe they'll fly me, you, and Cuss down and we can like do the commentary for it at the DraftKings house live on the course. Yeah, no, it seems like it seems like a great time. So yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of things on site that are kind of on my mind, but a lot of it has been taken away from us. So to the when, next. When do you think that we're going to see odds for the BMW Championship? Because I don't understand. I mean, I, I know why they're not out right now, but I don't see a reason why they're not out right now. Yeah, you would think a proactive odds maker could have literally had their odds set to the 95th degree and then what? Norin's going to get bumped up a little bit. Yeah, no, and... no, Norin will get bumped up. Finau will go back from 60 to 1 to 20 to 1 all of a sudden, and he becomes exactly. again. And Rom will maintain his place. Like, he loses at the finish line again. They're not going to change that. He didn't play in a month. So you just assume he's going to be back next week. And for 97% of this tournament, Pat, for all the excitement I had betting and, like, making a betting card with those great numbers and making decisions... The whole time you're like, maybe they're just giving us these great numbers because Rom is just going to run away with it. And it felt like that two or three times, but golf is stupid. And that was, that was amazing. The same way that buddy lost that corn fairy event yesterday. Like golf is just stupid sometimes. And thank God one or two of those times it gets really stupid. You can be on the right side of it. Hopefully. Right. Yeah. It's funny that it, when you look at what like Fino did for the week, and then all of a sudden his putter just started working. Like that's what it takes on the pack nine sometimes. Like who, who like, and he got the break when I thought he hit it like OB and it just turned out he was on the other fairway. I was like, Oh, oh. like there's a break. <laughs> okay. Thank you. I get it's Monday. I understand that it's Monday. They, the disrespect by CBS to leave us in the unknown, in the unknown. Where is that ball? Where is that ball? Does the location of that ball matter to you? Because it sure as hell mattered to me. We go to commercial. We do seven other things. A simple update. It's, 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 it's clean. It's in a fairway. It's 175 yards to a hole. Would have been appreciated. All this goddamn speculating is bullshit. We can speculate. We're on the internet. We're blind. We're thousands of miles away. You're goddamn there. Dude, like, what the f Come on. And then his approach. I don't know where that went. Maybe it's in the bunker. Maybe it's not in the bunker. Great par save on 15. Didn't forget about you either, Tony. But, 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 that is, that is malpractice. It's malpractice. Guy shoots a three. Maybe it went in. Maybe it didn't. We don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Game's tied. Four minutes left in the fourth. Did it go in? We'll tell you. We, we may or may not tell you after commercial. And we're all on Twitter thinking he hit an OB. Oh, my God. He did it again with the F, Tony. With the F, with the F. It's just sitting clean. And you go to commercial. I don't want everyone treated like Tiger Woods, but 
at that moment in the tournament where there's only three guys who can win, everyone should be treated like Tiger Woods, if that makes any sense. I would agree with you. I don't necessarily know if it's on the broadcast because they're leaving it with Nance and Feldo and like no one is down there. They don't have cameras. Like what are they really supposed to do? I, I agree that the broadcast should Just have. update us at some point. Like at some point, they go to commercial. I, 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 I have no idea. I'm sure the live line was off the board or something. I don't even care about the betters. Um, um, normally I do. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I understand they're short staff. They don't have any spotters that report to them. Holy man. You know exactly what I'm talking. And then Rom puts it on the bunker on a hole and they're like, maybe it's plugged. Maybe it's not like just freaking follow up. I did have one other thing that I noticed from the week that Justin Thomas gained seven strokes putting, which is a huge anomaly for him. But have you noticed that even when he makes putts, it feels like he's going to miss them every single time? Like they just drop in. That was nice to see. On, I mean, how much of that seven was on Thursday? Uh, I can tell you. <laughs> Let's see. Do we have, oh, we don't even have the update right now. Now I have to go to PGA Tour. I apologize. I just, it just felt like, yeah, everything happened for him on Thursday. We all concluded he was back. He's like, yeah, I went to my old putter. I was heckled by a 15 year old at some clinic I was doing for my dad. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's nice to see. It's nice to see Bryson making a gazillion birdies. Cause every time we talk about really good players who are struggling and not there, we're like, yeah, but if they're making birdies, when you're as good as these guys are at that level, especially the super elite level, you know that fix for a guy that works as hard as that is a nose hair away. And I expect that the birdies remain and the fix takes away the squares. And then it's just left with the volcano of birdies. Yeah, so we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Thomas actually gained four and a half strokes on the green. He actually was like terrible around the greens, which is a really big anomaly for him. Finau was just solid across the board. He finally was able to start hitting his driver well again. And that was really the big difference. That that was really the cause of his downturn was that he was not hitting the driver well at all. And you know, when it came pressure time, I mean, how many times can Cam Smith essentially like go OB like when the pressure's on the line? Yeah, I don't know. They, what was the other time they referenced something? I, Louis seemed to be the guy that was always going yeah, well, OB late. Well, Listen, it's a game well, of well, Hold on. They, they were the team at Zurich, and Louis like, pounded oh, okay. in the water. But like two weeks ago in Memphis, Cam Smith did this on 18. Oh, then he tried yes. to play it over the tree, and it didn't work, and he was just cooked. It did. Um, shucks. There was another thing. Cam Smith hit. Was it a putt on 15 that like went halfway in and came out? Yeah, because then he birdied 16 and 17. So the little things, the little things matter. I I think God remember maybe it was 14. I don't know. There was a putt late for birdie that lipped out from about seven feet for him. Yeah, but uh, you, you gotta you, get lucky to but, win. But, winning but, but you you can call that with Finau too. Like he lipped out a putt. Like he lipped out like two putts on the front nine. Yes. They, then he oh, left like two like great... two one inch short. It was like all right, it's just not going to be Tony's day. And then once he made that long putt on the par three, it was like oh. Here we go. And I, I still, like, it, the funniest thing about this, I just, it seemed like Rom had his C-plus game and was just on cruise control and no one was going to be able to catch him. And then I, I'm actually shocked Rom melted down. And he didn't even really melt down. Finau played great in order to beat him, but you just didn't expect it from Rom, who just, see, it, even when he laid up in the, uh, 
I forget what hole it was. I think it was the one where he was plugged in the bunker, just casually took it out like 70 yards down the fairway. Yeah, he got it, yeah. Yeah, leave himself like 110 yards. Like, oh, he put it to five feet and made the par. Like, it's just going to be one of those days. He's not going to make the mistake that we need for Finau to catch him. And it just all happened at once. Like, it was kind of shocking. It was actually 15. He missed a very makeable par putt, and Cam missed, uh, lipped out a birdie putt. That's where it all went. Like, oh, man, maybe we could pull this off. Finau hit it close on, on the drivable 16th. and. And yeah, I don't, I, yeah. Ah, ah. Okay. I don't know what else to say, to be honest. I promise it's not a, a Lucas Herbert card. I'm going to give away. I promise. It'll be a Justin Herbert card that you're going to be giving away. Yeah. All right. So I, there is one other news item that I suppose we should get to. Did you see what happened to Patrick Reed? (laughs) I can hear all the boobies. The Nonas, the grandmas saying, take it easy, like get some rest. He, he made himself sick. He golfed himself sick. He was just too hard. He, 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 he literally just made himself sick. He wasn't getting drinking enough orange juice. He wasn't getting enough sleep. He golfed too much, got on too many airplanes and he got himself sick, and I hope he's okay for the Ryder Cup. I don't know what conversation that entails. I would hope his spot is secure enough that if he's healthy, he still would get it. Um, but, yeah, that's horrible. Get well, Patty. I love you. I love you, buddy. Yes. Come on. So, so Happy you withdrew before the tournament. We always appreciate that. Yeah, he did. Uh, if you subscribe to the Mayo Media Newsletter, you got the push alert very very early on Tuesday morning that Reed had withdrawn from the tournament. It happened like 45 minutes before lock. It was cited because of an ankle injury, but he's in the hospital right now with bilateral pneumonia. Like, that's serious stuff. So, you know, hopefully Patrick Reed can get a lot better. I don't really care what people think about it. a big break him. for Scotty Scheffler. I, that's true. But I just, some of the, like, I saw the PGA tweeted out and some of the comments underneath were, like, disgusting to tell you the truth um yeah i I, listen him and bryson they are attacked to a different level than other guys you know even when grayson murray puts out this heartfelt message more there's more nice things written than in the comments than when bryson or or reed speak on the internet yeah, I, I think it's different between, like, Bryson had a shitty round, everyone's piling on him, Bryson's mad that people are heckling him, and then people pile on him more. Like, I don't like that, but that's one thing. When, I, when, I, when someone's, like, legitimately sick and in the hospital with pneumonia, like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? I've also heard that, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't want to speak out of turn, but I well, I don't want to say it, actually. Okay. All right, then then don't say it. Don't Don't get yourself fired from my network, Jeff. Yeah, no, I just know that I think someone else is sick close to him. So I think it's just been a a rough go. So to hear that he's sick is really sad. And you mentioned it. It's it's not just like it seems pretty serious. Um, So I hope he he gets better. I still think he's auto into Eastlake, but I think there would probably be a huge question mark around that so we have 69 guys yeah so there are 69 guys in the tournament this weekend reed is not auto into east lake actually he is 20 i'll just pull up the standings right now actually now that they're finalized he was 26th when i looked at it earlier yeah he's 26th going into next week with a bunch of guys on his tail and the extra points so 
it's very likely that he loses his spot by not playing this week. And like the other two injuries right now are Morikawa, who claimed he had a back injury, wasn't practicing all week, and then you know said like, oh yeah, I hurt my back at the Olympics after I you know, rostered him everywhere on DraftKings, and he ended up missing the cut. I think he'll play, but Louis is the other one that he's now withdrawn two tournaments in a row. I don't know if he's going to be there for the BMW Championship. He is still 11th in the FedEx Cup standing, so he is clinched into East Lake. So that's going to be curious to see if he ends up teeing it up or not, because you don't want to fall too far back either, do you? No, certainly not, especially if you want to get that uh, monies. But just getting to East Lake is a pretty, it's a pretty big payday in and of itself, just getting there. And it guarantees you a lot too, right? It locks you into a lot of tournaments. I know last year it got you in the Tournament of Champions because of COVID, just making it to East Lake. Um, I don't believe that would still be the case, but it, it it locks you up pretty good. It's it's almost like a half win, right? In terms of what it, it would exempt you into, or I could be wrong on that. Uh, it gets you into the Masters, or at least it did a year ago. That's how, I, I mean, Kokrak ended up winning anyway, but that's how he got in. But I don't know if that was because of the COVID rules or not. Now, like, I'm just all in my head about it. I think it like you guarantee your tour card for, like, an extra year if you're, like, one of those fringe people. Like, Munoz was in it last year, so I think that, like, he gets his tour card for X amount of years afterwards because he was in it. That's how he was able to get into some of these tournaments. So I don't really know. I'm not a specialist in what exemptions are being handed out because of a tournament and what it's not, but it is a pretty big payday for everyone who's in the field. But if you want that $15 million, you, you don't want to be starting even when some guy's minus 10. It's not, not a hot start. <laughs> uh, certainly not. Certainly not. I'm just trying to track down the 69 guys. I'm trying to just somehow guess what sort of odds we might be having and well, how I, they might compare to what we just saw. I'll throw it out to the chat right now that, like, does anyone see odds that have been released at any book at this point? I just search DraftKings Sportsbook, where people should be making their bets, but uh, I don't see any odds up. Every book that I've checked that I play on uh, does not have odds up for this, so I, I'm going to guess that we don't see them until the morning now. Yeah, maybe really late. Like you, if a book was smart, they proactive, you pretty much could have had them 90% made. Um, but but I guess we'll see. Maybe they'll come out late. A lot of those British books, Pat, too, where sort of the ones that make a lot of the first moves, isn't it like 2 a.m., 3 a.m. there now? So I don't know. They usually make the first move and they're, they're asleep. Yeah, that's uh, that's the move. So I, I don't know where the odds are coming from, and it, it probably won't be until like Britain wakes up in the morning that they end up putting odds out for this, or maybe even in the morning hour time. But I'm expecting them to be out pretty early. I actually just submitted my article to DK Nation right now, so it has everything besides the picks of it, but I want to talk through this with you. So do you want to talk about the BMW Championship? Yeah, I do. Um, also disappointed to see a lot of guys that didn't get included. And I know we're not like really doing any Ryder Cup talk, but just compare, like there are so few players on Team Europe who are still alive right now, Pat. Fitz and Hatton caught the dust um, this week. So interesting, interesting. Just something to note. This summer bespoke post is here to take your adventure to the next level with a new line of must-have box of awesome collections. Bespoke post partners with small businesses and emerging brands to bring you the most unique goods every single month. 
I got my box of awesome, and frankly, the bag is the huge selling point, but there was just a collection of awesome things inside of it. There was a knife inside of mine. I got an outdoorsy one, but this bag is going to probably be in my life for the next 20 years now because it's the perfect size. It's not too big, it's not too small, but it has good girth to it, or good gainth, and it just holds an awful lot of stuff. So when I have to travel, I'm going overnight, that's what I got in my box of awesome. And the great thing was that it was filled with stuff when it came to, so no matter what you're into, Box of Awesome has you covered. From travel, to outdoor gear, to breezy summer styles and grooming goods, Box of Awesome has collections for every part of your life. To get started, take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right Box of Awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. It's free to sign up, and you can skip a month or cancel anytime. Each box only costs 45 bucks, but has over $70 worth of gear inside. And you can get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the promo code PME at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com code PME for 20% off your first box. The BMW Championship is at a course that we have never seen before. It's in Baltimore. It's called, what the hell is this thing called? Sand Caves or Caves Valley Golf Club. 7,542 yards, bent grass greens, par 72. In my research show, I did a hole-by-hole preview of it. We looked at the scorecard and tried to hypothesize how this course is going to play. And the weird thing about the BMW Championship is that historically, it's been an absolute shootout. So four of the past five years, it's been minus 20 or lower. And then last year at Olympia Fields, they essentially made it the U.S. Open. So I will look at this course on paper, it looks like it's super easy, but if they gr- they shrunk the fairways down to 25 yards, so they're super thin landing areas, I don't know, how, it's all going to depend on how thick they grow out this rough, because if they don't grow out this rough a bunch, I want to take every bomber possible at this course, because it looks like if the wind is at your back, you might be able to drive three of these par fours. Uh, that would seem to be the case. These are sometimes my least favorite event, Pat, and then you compound it as essentially... Uh, small field, no cut. I already like it even less. I mean, so many times we can base our bets. Past winners can tell you a lot. There's a player type that succeeds at a lot of these courses um, and can point us into that direction. I'm naked to guess what the winning score would be. And by the by, but by that naked eye, it definitely seems like it would be very conducive to the guys that hit it a long way. And I don't anticipate it. Uh, playing major championship tough so at this point they haven't scared me about any rough yeah and we haven't had the players at the course because even last year at olympia fields like people were tweeting out like they're on like or just putting on their instagram like oh my god check out this rough it's going to be impossible to play out of like they always do at the u.s open like half the time it doesn't make a difference either way and people are fine but we have don't have that luxury because everything kind of got pushed forward that i don't think anyone's there yet or at least anyone that we care about probably isn't there yet. Like Morikawa might be there. That's probably about it. But I, I don't think that anyone was really like traveling yesterday either. I'm not entirely sure. I would think guys that missed the cut got the hell out of there right before the storm immediately. Yeah, they, they, yeah you're probably right. The guys who missed the cut probably did, uh, but there weren't like there wasn't a ton of guys who missed the cut outside of like Morikawa. Morikawa. Yeah, like most of the guys that made the cut are the people that are moving on in the FedEx Cup playoffs. So I guess that brings me to my second question to you is that some of these bigger names like the Brooks, the Spieth, 
Did they just like not give a shit on Sunday, knowing they were out of it? Um, or today? Sunday, sorry, you mean? I mean today, Monday. I mean, I meant Monday. Yeah, not I don't want to. I mean, it looked like a lot of guys got off to slow starts. No, I think there's a lot of FedEx Cup points and positioning. So I, I don't want to say they didn't have anything to 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 play for. I, I don't know if you got out of position. I guess it ate you up. But as a better, I wouldn't really read much into a bad Sunday in a long week for guys who are out of contention bad Monday for guys who, once they realize they're not in, they're just kind of going through the motions. Like just get me out of here. It feels like a week feels like two and a half. I thought it was really stupid on CBS's part. Cause they always make this big push. Like, Oh, the FedEx cup playoffs, they mean so much. And we had guys legit on the cut line to get into next week and continue their playoff hopes. And they didn't show them at all. Like, Justin Ray tweeted out that Seamus Power needed to make birdie to secure in advance a par to probably get himself in. If he made bogey, he was probably out. Like, shouldn't we be seeing... Like, isn't that the point of the FedEx Cup is to show shit like that? Didn't see it. There's also a great video put out by PGA comms, Pat, of Harry Higgs at the score... Like, at the guy who's doing all the permutations and calculations with probably like 45 minutes, an hour left of play, a guy's on the course, giving him um, this whole breakdown scenario for, for him. And, you know, Harry, like everything is so genuine and the, 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 the conversation, like, yeah, there were so many real moments they didn't really hit into. Although Keith Mitchell, we give him credit. He was on the course late enough, I guess, to get that push. What a great seven, what, 16, 17, 18. Um, but you're not wrong. They didn't really care that it was the season finale for for, for Seamus Power. That's for sure. Yeah, and that just seems really strange because you want to build this up as a brand. Like, oh, every shot matters in the FedEx Cup playoffs. Because <laughs> we're not going to show you the guys that could. And, like, that's that would be huge for Seamus Power. Obviously, he, he got the win. He locked up his card. But advancing to the BMW Championship, like, anyone who sneaks into East, like he said, like, it makes a – it's a big difference. It's a huge deal to – that player who's looking to level up a little bit. Like if somehow Keith Mitchell finds his like plays really well with the BMW gets himself into the tour championship. Like that's huge for Keith Mitchell. It's less huge for John Rahm because he's just going to be there. So there's, there's like a spot of like eight guys every single year that it really means the world to. And that's what they should be really hyping up when yes, there was a lot of drama at the top of the leaderboard for sure. Maybe they didn't want to get away from that, but they kept like cutting to Rory who was missing 50 foot putts. Like that was also odd at certain points of the day. Yeah, they love they love dissecting everything, Rory. You know, they were yeah, more Rory than even say Bryson, who was making a lot of birdies again. So let's talk faves in this tournament. Uh I assume it's gonna look a lot like it did last week, right? I hope so. I hope so. Um what when you say that, you mean like 10 and then Ramit say 10, 9, 11, and then a bit of a gap. And then that next tier, like, what What do you mean by that? Yeah, I think that Finau will get elevated because of the win. Cam Smith will probably go from, like, 40 to 33 or something like that, or whatever the hell he, I don't hear, I have pulled up right now. Rom will linger around because it's a smaller field with 70 players. He'll be, like, 7, 8, 9, 10 to 1. Justin Thomas probably breaks 20 again because he had a good finish. Xander had a pretty good finish. He'll probably be up around the same number. He was 20 last week. He'll probably be 20 or 18 again. It's a sort of this middle range of like Spieth and Morikawa and DJ. Like two of those guys missed the cut. 
Spieth goes 72, 62, 72, and whatever the hell he shot today, it wasn't good. That do you think that his odds drop at all, or does he just is he so popular again that he's just in that spot now? I thought Spieth played really well considering how he started. Um, I gotta say, Pat, I'm real confused at what we might see, and you kind of hit the nail on the head there that three golfer tier that was sort of that next wave really didn't play well. Spieth, Morikawa, I mean, Spieth didn't result well, clearly. Morikawa and DJ missed the cut. That next wave behind them was Xander, JT, Brooks, who all played very adequate. Um, so I'm really interesting. And, and there was no secrets to the amount of points Bryson was getting for guys on DraftKings. <laughs> like there was no secrets as to what he is doing. And you, you know, so I, I don't know, maybe we'll see a bit of a, a swap. Maybe Xander becomes the second favorite just cause he's so goddamn consistent. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I think the books will, in, will be in no they're not going to be hard pressed to like just bump Morikawa back to a commoner. I don't mean into thirties, but like just with the next tier, he won that. He won the open. They showed him a lot of love. Um, I don't know how much betting action he's been getting at this like 16 to one number Olympic favorite number that we've had since uh, I, I, who's who's second on the tail board speed or Xander. That's my guess to be perfectly honest. I wouldn't be stunned if it was Fino. Ah, no, I wait. You're right. I mean, he, he he was so short when he couldn't win. Now that he won, are you betting on floodgates? I, second, second. I mean, I I, I mean, what's I, funny I, is this I, win is better than Xander's Olympics, right? Clearly. No I, th offense. I think if you were to ask Tony whether he would want to win an Olympic gold or the first leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs, although it's a lot of FedEx Cup points and a nice payday, I think he'd take the gold medal. No, I agree. I just mean it's a much the field strength. It's like a harder win. Oh, yeah. And you, you know, Pat, I want to say this. You said it for years. Joking 90 percent, being dead serious 10 percent. You're like, no. Fino's just going to win a hard event at a bigger number. Like, never bet him at those short prices in Detroit where you think it's his time. He has just as good of a chance to win the best, hardest event as he does to win the biggest jobber event. You said it for years. You said that. Yeah. And, 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 good. and, and, and hey, listen, I, I'm so wrong all of the time. But I, once I saw the number was at 60, I saw 65s out there as well. It's like, yeah, it, it got past the point where everyone has just it's it was clear that everyone was sick of betting on Finau because he was 25 to one in every event, every single week, unless it was a major. Then he was 45. But now you give him at a 60. Like the only reason that I really went at it is because I could play the each way on it and not feel bad about it. So I was like, all right, let's hammer this. Let's see what happens. No, um, you said it. I don't know. He'll maybe be in that next tier. I think JT, Spieth, Xander are the next three guys on the tout. 
tomorrow. So, so, so how do you approach this tournament? Because I, I have not had very much success. I'm trying to see if I ever hit a winner at this event. I believe the answer is no to that. I know a lot of people cash like a ROM 150 to one last year when he stormed back and beat DJ in oh, the playoffs. I had something big. You're right. Yeah, there was a bunch of people who had some big, big, deep numbers. Not me, mind you. But uh, so yeah, last year ROM wins at minus four. Justin Thomas wins at minus 25 the year before that, beating Cantlay. Keegan Bradley, Mark Leishman, Dustin Johnson. So where we looked at it last week and it was like, oh, it's always guys in the top 25 in the world. It kind of seems to outside of this like weird Keegan Bradley anomaly when he won in 2018 that you want to go probably back to the top of the board again. But some guys who have slipped back down might be the shots to take like. I don't know. I, I think I'm Cuss just said in the chat, because apparently Cuss is hanging out in the chat because he has nothing to do, that Daniel Berger has no chance to win next week. So I've been betting him anyway. Might as well bet Daniel Berger again. Yeah, I would hope to get the same number on Berger. Oh, I we're, we're, we're right getting whoa, 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 we're getting a better number on Berger. Hundred percent. Okay. It's a shorter field. Sure. I don't I, I guess. Give me a better number on Berger. I'd be happy to do that. There are a lot of guys I bet last week. I'm looking forward to seeing what their number is. Even Victor, man, if you want to flirt with 3540 again, I'm not going to be able to resist. That plus six Monday could have been minus six Monday, and he would have been right there. I know that sounds silly. I stopped watching for a bit. He broke his putter. I don't really know. I don't really care. The guy just puts on a show that that strings me back in. Matsuyama, all those guys. I, I'm keen on um, even Dustin, who was really popular with the Northern Trust setup last week, Pat. Maybe he jumps behind everybody to like 28, 30, 27. Oh, there's no way they would do that, would they? I don't know. He missed the cut. Everyone else kind of played well. People like he was only getting some extra bump because it was a course he liked. I just said I don't even I think Xander JT and Speeth are gonna be in front of him tomorrow. What about Rory? I bet him last week. Me too. I don't know. I don't know what sort of number they want to put up, but if they want to shoot a 25, a 22, I'll be real tempted again. I want to see a board that looks like last week. I could have lost a lot of money on Rom just come home with it. Yeah, well, because I get suckered into that kind of board. Yeah, that is a, it was very tempting because I even wrote ROM up as like my, in the Golf Digest article I do and people get it really twisted. Like it's an outright bet fade. Like who has bad odds? And like they bet the site that they use that we have to go by. They were giving out seven to one odds. It's like, you can tell me I can bet three Rory's for one ROM. Now, obviously ROM played great, but he didn't win. So the seven to one was a bad bet. Uh, if you ended up making it, just, it's those odds seem so off when you start considering it that way. Like you could have had three and a half Justin Thomas's for one ROM. Like, that's kind of crazy. I guess, but I think it's another golf tournament and the books, feel, the the, the <laughs> U.S. Open, the Open Championship, we're like, yeah, Rom's the favorite. He should be the favorite, but we don't like this gap. This gap isn't like, no, you can't debate the gap. And he showed again that, no, he deserves the gap. And you could argue that the bookmaker saw enough to keep the gap or make it bigger. None of the other guys under 30 to one were competing for the win thomas and here's your chalk player right there again 
Yeah, but I mean so that's maybe he's but, shorter. But, maybe he's but, short. He's but, probably shorter next week. But that's no different than what Rom had been doing for the past three years, except now he won a U.S. Open. One hundred percent true. And for three straight years at Christmas, I pick him to win Player of the Year because, hey, I've just well, I can't leave that train, and maybe he'll win it now. I'm not really sure. Um, I mean, that kind of feels open in some respects. Well, well, well we're doing that. Hold on, hold on. We're doing that. We're doing that next week when we give out awards. Cause I, I think it's pretty, okay, cause fun. it's pretty clear that Stuart sink is the player of the year. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, um, but I don't, uh, you're right. The, the scary thing is all he did differently than literally what he's done. His whole career is win that us open is hit that pot. Louis Wilt. I'm not even trying to take any credit away from him um but you're right nothing's really different he always finished t5 it always felt like he could win it always felt like he was on the precipice of shooting a 62 and stealing tournaments he was out of um nothing changed you're not wrong you want an open i mean a major but nothing's really changed in how he results in golf tournaments no one clipped like him no. Are we putting uh, Kisner on the Ryder Cup to bed now? Can we do that? Yeah, hopefully that's just done. That's just done. I don't know. Coffin's closed there. Uh, did he? Even... Um, oh, he did. He did it. Oh, yeah, because he won. Of course, he won the Wyndham. So, of course, he's 31st in the FedEx Cup standings. Because uh, I think it had he come second in that event, he'd be like way out of it right now. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He seems to have jumped big time, but he missed the cut. Yeah, no, he he was inside the top 30 at the start of the week. Now he's 31st in the standing. So, yeah. I, I, Chuck, <laughs> Chuck Hoffman made a, made a nice run this week too. He bumped himself up. Yeah. I, I don't want to I don't want to dance around it. I I know who's going to win the BMW championship. So, I want you to guess the odds on Bryson. 22 to 1. 25 to he, he one. Was, it was 28 to one last week. He's going to be like 35 to one this week. No, Take, he made so many birdies. We're all uh, clamoring for it. Man. Yeah. I, I get that. We're clamoring. yeah. yeah but Final you, group Sunday followed up his next event. It with 25 birdies. He's on the precipice. I think the books, if they're smart, they should feel what's going to come. What's going to hit them tomorrow morning. If they give us a 28 to one, you have to understand how unpopular Bryson is. So even if all of us are looking at it and being like, man, Bryson's the play, his odds won't drop until later in the week. Whatever that opening number is, is probably going to be the best number you get on Bryson. I'm going to say it's 33 is going to be my oh. guess. Cause people, I mean, people, you really think that most people are sitting around being like, oh man, Bry- Bryson made 25 birdies. Like, oh yeah, he also made like 20 bogeys. Like he didn't finish well during the week. I think a lot of people... A lot of people on Twitter, right. we're sure. We're a very small pocket, but we'll see. I think we're excited to make that bet. I see myself betting pretty much the same golfers I bet last week, just without feet now. He could win the next two events. I won't feel like I missed. Like I hit it. I hit the biggest number out there. Uh, last week, uh, yeah, I could bet Rory, Bryson, Victor, Berger. Like, I don't know, swap one of them out. Give me Hideki. Like, I, I, I'm easy right now. I'm easy. Yeah, I'm just looking at it right now. Bryson, third off the tee, 20th in approach, basically dead last of everyone who played the weekend around the green and couldn't make a putt the entire week. So, the, the I'd j- also be tempted if they finally gave me something fair on Xander. I don't know what that means, but... I don't know. A bit of an unknown course. He's so reliable in some ways. 
Um, but but it's not like he finished poorly this week. He came T16. Like, it's, he just had another... I know, but at the same number, would you rather... Like, if Rory's at 22 and Xander's 20, you'd rather Rory? Yeah, I always bet Rory. It's a Fazio course, just like Quail Hollow. So you almost got to go with Rory, right? I don't disagree with that. Any thoughts on... Um, I don't know. Cantley Burger is always kind of a decision for me. Cantley always seemed to be lingering. I didn't follow him at all, though. I'll be honest. I kind of wanted bad things to happen to him because I almost bet him, almost rostered him a lot and didn't. Uh, he ended up coming T11. Like he finished at minus 12, just a very steady 68, 60. He had all four rounds in the 60s. So we got you a bonus on DraftKings. But where did he finish for the week stats wise? He was fifth around the green, 24th in putting. The approach play was not good. The driving was pretty average, to tell you the truth. So at least with Berger, I want to go check out Berger's stats here. Just give me one sec. He's still highlighted for me. He finished at minus five. He was T56. That's why, like, Berger was 35 last week or 33 last week. I have a feeling like you're going to see a 40, maybe a 45 on him. Like, he just feels like a forgotten man at this point. But he was seventh in approach. The approach continues to be good. He had he lost six strokes putting. That is very atypical for Daniel Berger. He was really bad around the greens, and the driver was, like, mediocre. But as long as he continues to hit his irons that way, it just feels like he needs a hot putting week and he's going to win. Yeah, of course. I don't know. I'm a sucker for the guy. I bet him all the time. And every time I bet him, he does something that's just enough to me to keep want to bet him, wanting to bet him. Like I see enough, whether it's in the final result that sometimes doesn't even involve contending. Like you see how well he played us open, open championship, St. Jude uh, players, or, well, you know, results are great, didn't actually contend, or it's just something statistically in a bad scoring week, like you just point out, it's like, no, how can I leave this guy? How can I leave him? How yeah. can I leave him? Hey, if uh, there's only going to be so many guys that I'm going to take this week. Like, I think I think I only had four on my betting card outside of like the 300 to one on Wise and a FOMO on Siwoo, but I tried to keep everything pretty close to, I didn't go to the very top of the board, obviously, with Rom. I started at 22 with Rory, then Berger, then Hideki in the 40s, then Finau in the 60s, like those four guys. I'll probably construct a very similar card of three or four guys. I know Bryson's going to be on it. I know Berger's going to be on it. And frankly, I think it just depends on which one of the other falling elites we can go to. Like, if you can catch a Dustin at 28, or even, a, it's not like Rory had a great week. Maybe some people will be off of him. If we got 22 last week, why wouldn't we get 25 or 28 this time around? It's not like we lost, like, good players from the field. We lost the crappy players from the field. I don't know. I, I, I'm really hopeful the odds look like last week. In some ways, why wouldn't they? Because Rom was the only dominant player of the guys in that under 30 to 1. Um, and going from 120 to 70 shouldn't really change how the guys at 30 to 1 are priced, correct? Like that shouldn't really have a bearing on any of that. I don't. Who did we lose? No, Who cares? no, it shouldn't. But all of it will be predicated on. It will all be based on how they played this week, right? So, like Cam Smith gets a boost because he played well. He was like forty-five to one. He'll be thirty to one. Finau will jump back probably up to either thirty or like twenty-five, or maybe even crazier. People are real keen to bet on Tony Finau. So if you elevate those two, we didn't lose anyone. Theoretically, everyone else would kind of have to drop. Theoretically, theoretically. I mean, we didn't talk about it, but if they posted a 10 on ROM, would you consider doing ROM and like a guy at 40 and calling that a card? No. Or like two? I, I, I wouldn't, but I understand 
why people would. And it, ten to one. I don't know, ten to one just you could so do Rom. If they gave whoa. you twenty eight on Bryson, you could do Rom and Bryson and say I'm done. I'm out of here. That's true. No, absolutely. But three Brysons for one Rom? They just double my bet on Bryson. It still wouldn't even yeah. have to equal my bet on Rom. I don't know, man. Okay, here's one for you. How low is Brooks going to be now? He was 25 last week. I think he'll be right in the same spot. Right there. Unmoved. Interesting. I think he's going to be a little bit lower. His sentiment, like we've seen this with Brooks a bunch of times, like when things are perceived as not going well for him, it flips really quickly. Like we, we cashed him at 55 to one in Phoenix earlier this year. So what are you saying? We're going to get something better? Yeah, like we might get like a 30. I don't I mean, I'm just pure speculation. But if guys are going to rise, anyone who had a bad week, I think their odds would probably have to drop. You don't understand how this works. Most of the times guys rise and other guys don't drop. I just don't see it in the field. Like if that was the FedEx cup field, the strongest field of the year, and that's how it was priced. I don't see why this one would be like harder. I don't know. Maybe they, a wild card, a course bring some unknowns. I'm not really sure. I can't wait to see a board like last week and, be ready to pounce on 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 Bryson or Rory at a big number. And in that next wave, it's Berger, Decky, Hovland, who I would be looking at numbers for. I mean, Hovland was 35 last week. Yeah, even even uh, a site pushed him to 40 that that a lot of people were betting, Pat. That's so, cross border. Yeah. So, so I, I would guess that he probably hangs out around that number again. Like Rom's not dropping by any means. Rom's only going up from this point forward. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree. I don't, I don't disagree. Although the funny thing is, we talk so much how I know Finau, like we agree, his talent is different than um, maybe where he was priced. But I guess in the end, it was another big event where north of fifty was actually where the number came home. You know? Yeah, I'm just looking at the very bottom of this field of guys who got in. I want to look at Casey because Casey ended up making the cut and through like two rounds, he or through three rounds, he was just god awful on the greens. I don't know if he got any better today. So yeah, no, oh, he was just marginally better because he only lost 1.2 strokes putting. But for the event, he lost 6.4 strokes putting. He was 15th off the tee. He was ninth in approach. So we've now seen Answer win. We've seen Finau win. Phil got a win. Should we just be betting the guy who's like, I mean, if Louie plays, do we just bet Louie? Because you have to remember, he's back in the field this time too, more than likely. So he'll be vaulted back up into that 25 range, adding another name too. I would argue if we're just saying like, who's more do than anybody, maybe we just bet Scheffler. That could be the, how did Scheffler do that? I didn't even see his name this week. Not well, I don't think, but like in terms of most do for a win, because as much as we make fun of Louis, it was a long time ago. He still has wins. Scheffler, I think, is the most due non-winner. I mean, Answer and Fino just won. Let's go. Let's see. Scheffler was eighth off the tee, 35th in approach, 49th around the green, 66th in putting. A real bad putting week for Scheffler. That might be the one. Like, what was he last week? He was... He was 30-33. I'll be honest with you, Pat. I understand the love for Scheffler. I understand the people that like betting each ways, even on 30, 40 to one, 28 to one guys. They love Scheffler. They love going back to him from an outright win market. 
I'm still, and I'm a fanboy, so take this with a grain of salt. I'm still more comfortable betting on Victor. Like, I get that I wouldn't want to pick Scheffler over Victor in head-to-heads, but from winning, I'm still thinking I'd rather bet Victor. Maybe. I mean, will I be suckered into Casey or Matsuyama again? Maybe. Uh, DFS Chef in the uh, in the chat says, just starting my research for the week, this course looks like accuracy off the tee is important from first glance. That's what I thought too, but I think it all depends on the rough because if the rough isn't up whatsoever, they narrow the fairways down to 25 yards, there's sand all over the place, but it just feels like if you just drive it like 310 off the tee into the rough, like you're just hitting like a half wedge into every single green that I think the Bombers can mitigate that. But in the column that's going to be coming out on DK Nation a little bit later on is where this is an unknown course. We don't really know much about it. Uh, 5,200 square foot green. So they're on the smaller side. When I went through the hole by hole, which is in the research show, they're not round greens. They're like really thin greens. They almost look like the infinity symbol. So they're probably double tiered in that way too. But I don't know if the rough isn't up and you can play it out of the rough, like I just don't see why guys wouldn't just go attacking like and that's the lane that I'm going to pick. But I think that you have to pick a lane. Like if you think that it's going to be accuracy, like the answers, the Connors, like maybe Connors is the answer to this question. Um, Potentially. What pre- about Neiman? He hits it a ton. He's kind of fallen a bit. I mean, it's, a, it's never hard to sell me on Joaquin Neiman. I've been kind of off the train since he broke my heart in Detroit, but I know Connors had a really good week this week. He was, I don't, I don't, yeah. I, don't I, I could do anything. He was T8 because he, he missed like a six foot putt on 18 for a bogey to get drop outside the top five. So anyone with the top five each way, not good. And he was fifth in driving fourth in approach and did his classic Corey Connor 68th around the green 51st in putting way to go, Corey. I don't know. All right. You got, you got your, which, which one are you giving away here? I'm looking. Here's the thing, Pat. You think like they're all nice and kept away? I literally just have like them in a box because there were workers here. I think we lost Jeff. Well, we lost Jeff, so I'm going to have to vamp for a second. Paul has told me. Uh, what Was it our audio system that shut down, Paul? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, voice meter ended up shutting down. We'll get that reloaded as Jeff is mid-rant and not realizing that he's not talking to anyone, which is... I mean, we can just click back on Jeff right now and see what he's doing. Has he noticed that he's no one can hear him yet? Oh, he, he, oh he's, he's noticed now. Okay, well, that's not great news. So he's going to do the Herbert giveaway, I suppose. I have no idea how you were supposed to get into this contest. Apparently, it was something on Twitter that Jeff had put out. Uh, and the NFC win total show is coming out next Monday. Golf will be on Tuesday as we're kicking off NFL season, obviously. What else do I want to talk about? We'll get to the one and dones here in a second. Making a betting card without the odds is really tough, but I know that I'm going to bet Berger and I know that I'm going to get bet Bryson. I think those are the two I'm going to be locked down on. And then we'll see where the numbers go. Like you know, if I'm way off on all of this and guys are five to 10 points shorter than I think they are, then it's going to be a pretty tough card to bet. But if really? Rom gets the appreciation from the top of the board and it's seven to one or six and a half to one again, then I'll go, oh, geez, you all right there? I thought you fell out of your seat. Uh, then it's going to be pretty, I mean, if Rom loses, then it's going to be great news for anyone who bets down the card a little bit. That's my sort of 60 second synopsis of what's going to happen this week. It's really weird speculating on odds, Jeff, just not knowing. Cause we always see ones every single Monday morning, like, oh shit, I can't believe that guy's that high or that guy's that low. Like there's just guys that we're not going to know. 
Jeff is no longer here. Okay. Do you have to go find Herberts or something? Like, the fuck did he go? <laughs> what else do I got coming out? So the listeners league link will be in the description of the video and podcast after we finish this show and go put it in with all the time codes and everything like that. I just released the DFS tool show. Uh, with Justin Freeman, highly encourage everyone to go check out runthesims.com. There's a seven-day free trial up there. Uh, if you deposit even like 20 bucks on prizepicks.com right now uh, using our link or code MMN, the goal is to have a super prop season-long pool where we're all compete for some sort of gigantic top prize. Like you got to pick 20 of your favorite over-unders for season totals. But the only way that you'll get into the contest is by having deposited on prize picks using code MMN. So if you haven't done that, just deposit the fucking 20 bucks under code MMN and you might be eligible for a prize and you, it takes like five minutes. And you might win like 10K or something like that. So I highly encourage everyone to go do that at the moment. Is he back yet? <laughs> Nope. Did he like pass out the, the thought of him getting rid of a Herbert? Uh, like he, he fainted underneath the desk or he's something? Probably, he's probably got like cheaper Herberts. Oh, I know he doesn't want to. I, I can hear him in the background talking now. Oh, here he is. Oh, Hi, Jeff. Sorry. So my wife went out my wife? to the Costco. No, the Costco. Who are you, Tim? So I, I just had to like move I, the child just fell asleep in our bed. So oh, I just had okay. to move her back. I thought you were gonna come I, back and be buck naked. I'm not gonna lie to you. Oh I just assumed that you only So I don't had, really know like, really what good to give away. Only, well, I did say I'd give away a, 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 a Herbert auto numbered, so well, pick one. How did how did people get in this draw to begin with? There was no actual way to get in. I just kind of put something out. Should I like re- post it or should i just let it be exclusive to the people that were already in i was just gonna let people who liked my tweet earlier with no orders to do it do it or people maybe didn't like it and are waiting for me to actually give out a contest shit what should i do well how about this how about you come up with some sort of system that you will tweet out and I will tweet it out as well. And we'll get some interaction okay. on that and we'll give it away on the NFC win total show next Monday. That sounds great. And I'm going to give away this elite series rookie, Don Ross. It's numbered two of 49. So that's pretty sweet. You know how these were the lower numbers. People like those. Um, there it is. How about this? Je Jeff is, in the, oh. I, I, Jeff is, you're going to have to do all the things in the giveaway. Don't be afraid to rate and review the Pat Mayo experience audio podcast and leave your Twitter handle in the review. Once you rate it five stars and subscribe to Mayo media network on YouTube as well. You do those two things. Maybe you're a, a bit higher up on the list, but Jeff will have the instructions at G Feinberg 17, but I can tell you doing those two things and probably subscribing to the newsletter. And that way I just have your email to call you a winner uh then all of a sudden you're looking pretty good what do you think jeff uh it sounds great i yeah. kind of might have missed some of it so maybe you could just tell me um separately uh but yeah i'll put it out i did say i would give it i would do it tonight but yeah we'll, we'll just max it out we'll max it out yeah, i'm giving it away you're giving away it's a really nice card i'm giving it away i could do it on whatever terms i want yeah okay? and, and we should probably do it on a football show too yeah sure why not 
Should we, and should we yeah, say, I could we... have like reneged and found some Lucas Herbert auto and said, ha ha. I still have that box that I bought from you of golf cards. I totally forgot about until right now. We'll, we sh- I got some boxes of golf cards too. We could do a whole separate show with that. I'm pay- not giving that away right now. I paid a lot of money for those. Those worth anything? Uh, yeah. If you hit Tiger, you hit Morikawa, you hit JT. I'm going to get like Lori Kane, aren't I? Yeah, I'm going to get Lizette Salas. It's depressing sometimes. All right. So pay attention to Jeff's Twitter. Rate and review the podcast. Five stars. Leave your Twitter handle. The Pat Mayo Experience. Even if you've done it before, this just bumps you back up to the top of the list. Uh, deposit on prize picks using code MMN. Deposit that 20 bucks. Plus, you might be in that prop pool if I can get that fucking figured out with them. Uh, that's something you can go do. And it's, it's 20 bucks. They'll match your deposit, too. So it's like a free 20 bucks on top of it. Uh, the newsletter. Subscribe to Mayo Media Network on YouTube. Watch uh, the Europick show. I think that's out right after you finish this. All that fun stuff. Should we let people know that you're doing a chart? Chargers only show this year yeah we can let people know about that i just want to say the only other time i offered to give away an autographed herbert card was when we played the broncos and if melvin gordon got carded off so this is a much more rewarding giveaway i feel fina won yeah so maybe we'll save it for the because we'll we'll hype it again on the nfc show and then from the afc show when we talk about the chargers we can raffle it off then that makes the most sense, and that will get the most people engagement into the pool to give away this Herbert in whatever terms that you say that we do. I can work on that with you. Sounds sounds great. And, yeah, I'm excited um, to do a Chargers-only show. I think there's a lot of lanes I could, I could take that in. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about that, to be perfectly honest. All right, let's do the quick picks for the BMW Championship. As I have previously stated, I will be betting Bryson. Give me any number. I'm taking it. And I'll be betting Berger if he slips below 35 to 1. So I'm anticipating a 40, you know, generously, maybe on that site that we use from time to time. Maybe we'll catch like a 45 when they release the real soft numbers. That would be fantastic news. But that's that's the route that I'm going. And I'll probably try to catch a falling star uh, somewhere down the board. Someone who's just, you know, like if Dustin's 30 or for whatever reason or rory's like 28 that's probably the lean that i'll take over a spieth at 14 a justin thomas at 16 a a xander at 16 that's the route that i'm more likely to go but it's bryson and burger for me what do you got yeah i'll i mean there's a good chance i'm on both of those i i'll just separate it this way from the under 30 to 1 the players i'm most keen to be looking at are rory and bryson from the 30 to 40 to 1 maybe we get 45s it's uh, Victor Berger and Hideki. Those are the guys that I'm I'm eyeing. Obviously, I bet them last week. If I believe they could win last week, not much will change in in my opinion. One and done picks. This is the final week of the one and done. This is the final week in the race for the Mayo Cup. So someone's walking away with 30K in their pocket after this week. It's not going to be me and it's not going to be Jeff. But Tim this week is also out of it. And I don't have our standings. I'll have to calculate those, tabulate those to see who won for next week. I think we're all pretty close. Uh, who won this week? Cust actually won this week. Patrick Cantlay, but it wasn't a huge payday. He has Brooks Kepka for next week as his one and done pick you did better than me because i had dustin and you had rory so who do you want to take in the one and done i got it open in front of me you can throw some names at me um who do i want to take hideki have you taken hidel search hideki 
You have you used Hideki at the Farmers Insurance Open. That makes sense. Uh, Scheffler. Scotty Scheff. You have not used. In fact, only Cust has used Scotty Scheffler so far this year. So Scotty Scheffler is going to be your pick for the BMW Championship. Fuck, am I going to take now? I might have to TBD this for later because I think I've used every good player just in the absolute wrong week. Have I used Rom? Yeah, I used Rom at the Byron Nelson. I think he missed the cut. <laughs> so I mean, I've used Berger. I've used Bryson. I've used Rory. Subscribe to the newsletter to see who I take as my one and done once I figure this out. And I don't want to sit here and go through all the names and search this for 10 minutes and figure out what's going on with me. So that will wrap things up on the Pat Mayo Experience. The Listener's League link will be down in the description afterwards. You can follow Jeff on Twitter at gfeinberg17 to see what his giveaway for the Herbert card, which we've now kicked down the can in a week and a half. But NFC win total show on Monday. The AFC will probably be later on in that week. That's when the Herbert card will be given out. Sounds like how much that card worth, Jeff. I honestly haven't checked the value of any of them in so long. They've kind of just been sitting in a box. Um, and the sad thing is, part of me is like, maybe I should sell some, but it's not like I need the money per se. So they're better off just sitting in the box than me selling them. Uh, I could say this probably like maybe between two and four hundred dollars. It's not graded. Someone in, um, someone in the chat just said it was slightly over $500 on the last sale. Fuck. <laughs> well, you just won a lot of money. I did win a lot. And I'll if you keep an eye on my feet, shit. Uh, yeah, I guess. Means I got a really nice collection. If that was oh, over five. Sorry, 500 Canadian. Okay, yeah, that, I'm not shocked to hear that. So that would be, um, that would be like 380 US. Listen, I would have taken that this morning. I wrote that tweet, would have happily ripped someone off 380 US for, for the afternoon and what's in the accounts. I can't wait to withdraw. All right. That will do it on the Pat Mayo Experience. Smash the like, sub to the channel. In the comment section, give us some awards ideas as well as we do our year in review. Is something that's not completely obvious. Maybe you guys have some good suggestions on this because I don't want to spend a lot of time doing it because I am going away, Jeff, for a Ryder Cup-style weekend starting on Friday. So we're playing four rounds in three days in a team event. And guess who's on my team? <laughs> hey, I, I, but, but apparently he's got a good record in the in his matches right didn't he bring home a couple points last year in this contest that you you were stuck at home for yeah the the team that i am joining was actually the team that won it's full of all of like the conservative players who are going and like <laughs> if, if there's any if there's any par five that you might be able to get into no laying it up with a going like nine iron wedge into the green so now i'm bringing oh like, i thought you meant politically conservative no, no like golf conservative like smart decisions <laughs> if you're in the woods no one's making a hero shot you're playing it out like laterally if something's too buried it's like no that's an unplayable i'll take my drop where now i'm joining the team it's like no man i i can most definitely get that out of the woods give me give me a hack at this so i'm gonna be carting like nines across the board just trying to go for the green every single time and are there any team matches like could you and tim get a an alt shot pairing together yeah, well, or what no no one is good enough for alternate shots so it, <laughs> yeah it, i know it's it's, I agree. it's singles the first day it's teams 
in the morning on Saturday, and then it's best ball team. So it's best ball, best ball. I think that's how it works. Tim would know this better than I would because I haven't gone through it yet. But I think it's best ball in the morning, best ball in the afternoon. But there's seven and seven on each team. So me and another guy are actually playing self best ball. So we just get to hit two balls per hole and play best ball as in like I'm a partner with myself against someone who's a partner with yeah. himself. Sounds really tiring. Really? Like, I'm just going to be, like, wiped out after these 36 holes. And then the final day, everything gets reordered. And, like, the scores, like, whoever has the best score per team, like, the best player on each team will be paired with the second best player on each team. And they will face the best and second best player from each of the teams. So the way that Tim and I have it projected right now, we're probably, like, the third and fourth best players on our team. So we might be a Sunday team. But the fun fact is, is I don't know if Tim and I have ever been beaten as a pair in any sort of match that we've played like for like any sort of competitive event. We're actually a really good team, which is weird. I believe it. I believe it. Because when we play against each other, it's just me shit talking him the entire time. But Tim plays his best when like people are, like when he told that story about the caddy when we went to Cabot. The guy just followed him around telling him how great all of his shots were. And they started playing great all of a sudden. So I just need to be like his hype man, keep his spirits up, then he'll start playing really well. He, I played with him yesterday and he had two drivers in his bag. He just bought a new... <laughs> He just he just he just bought a new Sim Max after he had returned his driver from last week. He got this new Sim Max, but then he went back to his old driver and was alternating between holes like he was riding one driver for good drives until it went like left. Then he'd pull out the new driver until he hit that one poorly and then switch back. He's all he's all in his head right now. <laughs> Imagine buying a new Sim max uh two max and then still lugging your other driver with you in your bag what a horrible feeling and, and the best part about it like th this is tim to a t by the way that he's like yeah i had to take my five wood out of my bag because i added a driver so because you know you can only have 14 clubs in your bag it's like tim we are not on the pga tour like i don't give a shit if you have your fucking five wood <laughs> in your bag man that's fine <laughs> yeah i love it i love it uh, yeah and kyle in the chat says cust is phil and that, that is exactly what cust was calling himself during uh, like during our ride he's like phil did it at the pga championship now i'm doing it <laughs> phil did it i'm doing it yeah so leave your suggestions for awards in the comment section and someone in the chat just said pat what's your email for show ideas you'd be really surprised how much i don't care about your show ideas they're all bad uh, as is my experience. You but, also do no, will not be giving away your email. <laughs> no, you can email the show at thepatmayoexperience at gmail.com. I check that email like once every three weeks or so. But as has become accustomed, whenever I've asked for show ideas, they're just really bad all of the time. I think there's been like one good one ever. Anyway, that, I'm just throwing that out there. So if you're going to give me show ideas, they better be fucking good and not horrendous like most people. So I got faith in you that's going to work out. That's why I gave you the email. <laughs> 2021 fantasy football rankings, update, injury news, and all of the preseason reports that you need super quick style. I don't want to take up too much of your time today. I just want to let you know what's happening in the news, how the rankings have adjusted, and you can go on your merry way and you can do some help for Mayo Media Network by subscribing to the channel right now, smashing the like button to the video, and you tell me where you would rank Michael Pittman at wide receiver in half-point PPR scoring going into drafts. Because we do have some Carson Wentz news, we have some Quentin Nelson news, and it's positive. 
for the time being. I don't know how much I believe some of the Wentz news, but hey, it sounds pretty good so far. Uh, also, I released a huge show on Monday morning where I walked through all of the tools from runthesims.com with my partner, Justin Freeman. Uh, if you go to runthesims.com slash mayo right now, you'll get a discount on the premium tools, but there's a ton of free tools up there as well. If you want to go search level, like play level data, easy to sort data, market share data, all that stuff is free in our advanced stats app. Or if you just want to build out your own rankings with projections, that's also free up at runthesims.com right now. I highly recommend you go check out that video right after you watch this, of course, uh, and you can get a better explanation with visuals of what's going on there to see if it might be for you. Plus, if you don't like the premium tools after you get them, you do have seven days to cancel for a full money-back guarantee. That's how much we stand by our product. We don't anticipate anyone is going to do it, but hey, if it's not for you, that's okay. So runthesims.com slash mayo to get your hands on the showdown optimizer, the classic slate optimizer, all of the betting tools, and the big thing around it, the single game simulations. You can simulate any game you want, up to 10,000 times and see your range of outcomes with all of the custom inputs that you get in. You can find all of my rankings down in the description right now. And if you're more of an audio man or audio lady, then subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. Also, fantasy football picks and bets from the recapping the entire week to preseason game by game. If there's something you really want to hear about is up now on the fantasy football picks and bets audio feed and on Mayo Media Network. Plus, they also cover the prize picks and DraftKings picks for Monday night football so there's still time to go check that out right now let's get into the good stuff let's crank up the techno music because we're gonna be speeding at light speed right now okay let's go we have quentin nelson returning to practice apparently he's going to be okay for week one. So that's great news for the Colts offensive line. Great news for Jonathan Taylor. I'm still not super bullish on Jonathan Taylor as an elite, elite, elite option. He's a part of that tier two running back core for me behind luminaries, such as Nick Chubb, Najee Harris, and Austin Eckler and Saquon Barkley. He's at the bottom of that tier, closer to Joe Mixon for me than he is someone like Nick Chubb. I just think that there's still going to be enough of a split back there. And well, Carson Wentz has returned to practice following foot surgery, doing one-on-one -on -one drills. It's an issue right now because I don't know how he's going to recover from any of this. It's all like hype, 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 oh, one-on-one -on -one drills. He's doing seven-on-seven -seven drills on Tuesday. So if he can go back-to-back -back days, that's positive news, obviously, for Carson Wentz and his prospects of starting week one, although that wasn't a part of his timeline to begin with. And it does worry me a little bit if they rush him back too quickly, especially with Easton Stick being like, okay, maybe we can start him for a week and see how it goes. But I worry about re-aggravation. I worry how he's going to look later on in the week. So I'm still not willing to bump Wentz back up to where I had had him prior to the injury just because I want to wait and see right now. Not many people are doing drafts on Monday nights or Tuesday nights, but that's something that I have on my radar. I have not moved Michael Pittman, but I didn't have him down as far once Wentz got hurt either. He was still in the low 40s for me. I believe number 41 in my wide receiver rank. Because if Wentz is fully healthy, I'll probably bump him back up to like the high 30s, but it's still a wait and see approach for me with this Colts offense. I think that's too much of the techno. I think it's like bothering people. Let's turn that down and off. Great news on that front. Saquon Barkley is going to join the team this week, uh, hopefully in inter-squad games, because he has not practiced with the inter-squad at all in the joint practice sessions that we've been seeing. So eventually we'd like to see him on the field. Like there is still doubt that his week one might not go off as planned. So that's a bit worrisome for a guy that you're, well, he's slipped out of the first round now in some drafts and a lot of drafts, he's going like pick nine, 10 or 11. Some drafts, you can catch him at the very beginning of the second round. I did a full draft recap 
on Sunday. That's up on both the pod feed and the video network right now. You can click on the draft results if you want to go see it. It was a best ball, so it's not like apples to apples, but it's like apples to, well, it's like gala apples to Macintosh apples. Like, it's basically the same thing, but you can hear me talk through where I made my, my mistakes, where players were going in that draft, just to give you a sense of what more recent drafts are doing right now, and maybe compare it to some of the mocks that you've been doing, or if you've, if you're heading into your draft, it gives you a sense of what guys that people are starting to reach for in drafts. I still got Berkeley where I got them. I haven't made substantial moves to my rankings as of right now. Just I don't want to overreact to everything because I feel like I did that partially with Miles Gaskin last week, although the rankings didn't reflect that. I moved him down two spots because I felt like he was eventually going to go and get his run. This week, everyone's freaking out about Jamar Chase, and I probably have Jamar Chase ranked higher than anyone around in the rankings. I might have to dial that back a little bit, but it's week two of the preseason. The guy hasn't played in two years. Yeah, it's going to take him a little bit to catch up to NFL speed, and I don't know if that's going to translate into the the season, but you know, he's ran what? Like he's seen 10 targets or he's ran like 10 routes in the preseason. He dropped like four balls. He's getting a ton of targets. And that was the whole point of Jamar Chase is that I think he's going to be the alpha in this offense. But if you disagree with me on that front, we're into a situation where either T. Higgins or Tyler Boyd is going to be a supreme value when things come along. Frankly, it's probably Tyler Boyd, only because he's being drafted way later than both Chase and both Higgins right now. I have not broken I'm getting there, but I have not broken in my faith in Jamar Chase that he's going to be a severely impactful fantasy player for you this season. So I still have him at wide receiver, I believe number 15, uh, with I think the potential for more than that. So that's what I'm looking for, for Jamar Chase right now. Just a quick tidbit about Jordan Palmer for the Los Angeles Chargers. It really looks like he's past Guyton and the other jabronis they have on the receiving core to be the wide receiver three, which means he's really the wide receiver two because Mike Williams will get hurt trying to make like some outrageous catch in week one or week two or something like that. So in the back end of your leagues, along with uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, Nico Collins, all of these guys that could be thrust into a larger role than even some of the higher end rookies that we've seen, just based on sheer volume and how that offense works with the Chargers, Jordan Palmer, someone to think about in the later rounds. He might not be viable for a few weeks, but maybe he's one to add to your watch list uh, because he could be like the waiver wire pickup of like week four or something like that. He has that sort of potential within that offense if he truly is the number three and that's how he's been running so far throughout the course of the preseason AJ Brown has an knee injury but he is expected to be ready for week one but monitor that status uh, I don't have him quite as high as I think some other people still a top 10 receiver but I believe he is number 10 in my wide receiver ranking just you know, this knee injury it's not helping matters that's not why I had him down there to begin with just the overall efficiency with Arthur Smith now that Arthur Smith isn't there is that going to continue is Julio Jones going to take two much of a market share away. I think that it's not going to be that big of a deal, but in terms of receivers that can be the number one receiver, I just don't think that AJ Brown is on that list. Will he be a wide receiver one? Yes, I think so. That's how I have him ranked. However, that overall upside and week-to-week consistency where he's not just a volume monster, he does so much on efficiency and big plays that I do think that there's some downside for him on a week-to-week basis. Now, he's consistently going to be good, but not as consistent as all the other guys that I have ranked above him at the moment. Guys like Allen Robinson or Terry McLaurin. Scoring McLaurin! Those guys I like a lot, not a lot better, but I I would take them ahead of A.J. Brown in drafts when it came around. There is a lingering criminal case for Deshaun Watson. I'm sure you're probably aware of this at the moment. However, 
because that is still pending, it does seem, Charles Robinson reported this from Yahoo, that it looks like he's not going to end up on the commissioner's exemption list. And so as long as this like proceeding is going on, he might be able to play for the Texans. I actually moved him up in my rankings. He's still, don't draft him as your quarterback, but draft him as your backup quarterback. And if by week one, he's not like ready to go for the Texans, you can probably end up dropping him because you'll have a better sense of that. It's sort of in my wait and see approach with Watson right now, but it's, you know, it's opening the door that he could end up being the starting quarterback for the Texans, which makes him like a great value to win that division for one thing. Although if the proceedings like speed up too much, the rug gets pulled out underneath of him and he ends up on the commissioner's exempt list in like week seven, he's not playing for the rest of the season. So there's always that to factor in as well. However, Brendan Cooks continues to be one of my favorite values on the board at receiver. He's going around pick like 80, pick 90. You can take him ahead of that. He's fine. He's better than like Odell Beckham. Put it that way. Love Brendan Cooks this season, regardless of who's playing quarterback. Nico Collins is dealing with muscle tension right now. He's been setting out practice. Keep an eye on him. As I mentioned, he is one of my favorite later round picks at wide receiver. If you're taking some high upside guys who are rookies who could potentially just mine a lot of volume in an offense just because there are no bodies with the Texans. Like Anthony Miller still, I have no idea how long he's going to be out for. He's going to miss significant time uh, because he has that separated shoulder right now. Not a quick one to come back from. And in the running back, that awful, awful Mark Ingram, my most hated player of all time, is like starting for the Texans now. I had That's one significant change I've made to my rankings. I still prefer Philip Lindsay in that backfield. I have him ranked at number 39 at running back because I don't know how valuable these running backs are going to be anyway, but like David Johnson's like on the outs with the Texans right now. It's kind of weird to see. Maybe he is so solidified that he doesn't need any preseason run, but even his comments, the Texans comments, what we're seeing based on the playing time on the field, just I, I had to drop him down to like number 60 in the wider in the running back rankings and keep Philip Lindsay up where he is at the moment. Raymond Calias, he was like a punt returner and a backup running back on the Rams. He's likely out for the year right now, so that still solidifies Daryl Henderson because I haven't picked up anyone else. He's still a nice value in drafts coming off at like running back 16 at the moment. That's a good price for him, but he's in that mix with like the Montgomerys and Carsons and guys like that. Truly, he is based on the volume he could see. Xavier Jones still appears to be the handcuff that you want at the moment. That can always change on a moment's note, so pay attention to Rams training camp. New England, this one's a bit of a weird one. Cam is going to miss five days of practice because he had to, he got approved to go out of state for some sort of recovery. He was getting COVID tested, but the COVID test didn't fall in line with what the NFL and NFLPA had collectively bargained. So he has to isolate for five days before returning to Patriots training camp. By all accounts, he did everything properly and they just didn't give him the right information in order to actually had to proceed with these tests. So just more reps for Mac Jones. Mac Jones looked good on the weekend. Cam actually looked pretty good as well, but that's just a lot of run with the first team. Not on the first team right now. Nikhil Harry is going to be out probably at least four weeks with the shoulder injury sustained over the weekend. So good news for Jacoby Myers. Keep bumping him up the boards a little bit. Uh, and if Jonu and Henry can both be healthy, I mean, they're you're not you're not drafting a backup tight end. If you want to gamble on one of them, I suppose that's not the end of the world. The Dolphins to a time look pretty good, huh? Yeah, nice nice poise in the pocket, was making his reads quickly, mobility, just a little flick, awesome accuracy. Frankly, too, it looked really good, and that was without most of the starters over, like, Parker didn't play, Preston Williams didn't play, Will Fuller didn't play, it was just Gesicki and Waddle who ended up getting banged up but then coming back in. Watch him, though, on their injury report over the next few days. So the way that that's shaking out right now is Lynn Bowden is going to be out a couple weeks. So, like, the running back wide receiver hybrid, just kick him to the curb. Will Fuller is still dealing with a lower body injury, which is what they call, like, 
injuries they don't want to disclose in hockey. And now they're doing that with Will Fuller. He wasn't going to play week one anyway because of suspension. So week two, he's on track to do that. Preston Williams should be ready for week one and step into that Fuller spot. I still like it to go Waddle, Fuller, Parker in terms of the rankings for the wide receivers on Miami. However, Parker is going way after everyone else. And if he truly is healthy and it looks like he's working his way back, he could be a very nice value. We know how good he can be when he is the primary focal point of this offense. The problem is I do think that's probably going to be Waddle. In the backfield, what we saw was a lot of run for Miles Gaskin with the ones until Salvan Ahmed came in, and the snap share ended up being 18-14, Gaskin over Ahmed. So when we look at some over-unders for the season and where you want to rank Gaskin, I think he's going to be the most valuable, and he scored the touchdowns. I'm not really concerned about that in preseason play. It's about how much you're on the field, how much opportunity that you are getting. And it does seem like he's going to be in a split backfield where Ahmed might handle some between-the-tackles duty. Uh, you might see him near the goal line, and Gaskin will play a lot of like first and third downs, maybe be the primary third down back and be utilized out of the backfield a lot while getting carries on top of it. That makes him a viable fantasy running back, but probably as like a high-end three or a flex play rather than a low-end two. That can always change, but that's just the way that it's really shaping up right now. We didn't really get much Malcolm Brown at all, and I think that we will. It's not necessarily that it'll be a three-headed backfield in Miami, but it's going to be a situation where you're going to be mad a lot of the time with Miles Gaskin. That's just how it, that, that's the sense that I'm getting with how that they're using him right now in that backfield with the rotation with all of the other backs. Baltimore just continues to be hurt the entire time. So Marquise Brown, still not back at practice. Sammy Watkins not practicing. Rashad Bateman has been cleared to run routes after his core muscle surgery, but that's still going to be like mid-September, late September. He seems like he's ahead of schedule, but he's a rookie, and you don't want to push these things at the same time. Nick Boyle, I didn't even know he was hurt, but apparently he might miss week one as well. Like, Mark Andrews is the healthiest guy on the team, and he fucking passed out at practice last week due to dehydration. He's apparently going to be fine. I continue to like Mark Andrews as my tight end for more than Kyle Pitts, and just with a dearth of options in the passing game for the Ravens. Maybe just run the ball every single time. That's something that they can do very effectively. But as long as Andrews stops dropping every pass his way, I think he's going to be fine. So just keep an eye on him. Make sure that the dehydration thing is behind him and just lock and load with some Mark Andrews. Minnesota news. We got Ito. Judge Ito Smith signs as a backup. Big Kansas City news. Not like big, big. Tyreek Hill didn't play on Friday, but he should work out on Monday. He seems fine. Just some rest to make sure that he's healthy for week one. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire uh, missed the game with an ankle injury. He was a part of the Monday walkthrough for the Chiefs. Uh, Daryl Williams was not because he left the game with a possible concussion. He's being evaluated at the moment. That could be a boost up for Jarek McKinnon in that backfield as a receiving back, as a third down back to maybe spell Clyde Edwards-Alaire at the moment. Because Again, it's not necessarily like the Miami situation, but if Daryl Williams is healthy, like we've seen him get extended run. That's sort of like the, you hold your breath and do the Charles Nelson Riley, when it comes to drafting Clyde Edwards-Alaire this season, Austin Blythe, uh, the Kansas City center, is probably going to miss three weeks. He could be ready for week one, but we saw what a disaster their offensive line could be. Although my guy from Quebec, is back. So that should only solidify their offensive line based on what we saw in the Super Bowl. But it's not the strongest unit in the NFL. So, you know, losing your center, I mean, that's sort of like losing your middle linebacker. But for your, it's losing the quarterback of your offensive line. Losing your center is never really a great thing. And while you can shift some guys in, like a right tackle to left tackle, that's not enviable. But you can shift a left tackle to right tackle, no problem. Mix and match guards. Center is a totally different beast. Like, that's cutting the, 
like cutting the head off the snake right away. Like he controls all of the audibles on the offensive line. He's the one who gets all the information from the quarterback to make it, make sure everyone is in unison. Like a great center is very invaluable to an offensive line. And if he's not back, yeah, it's a bit tricky. Trey Sermon didn't play on the weekend with an ankle injury, but uh, it doesn't seem to be like super severe. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. What else we got from San Francisco? Uh, they basically sat everyone outside of their receivers, so not much ado in the San Francisco side of things. I really think that Trey Lance is going to start week one, uh, and that's going to be good news for everyone on that team, especially the running backs, because with his mobility, it's just going to open up running lanes. So I like Monster better than I like Sermon, but they're probably going to be viable at different points throughout the season. In Denver, Melvin Gordon continues to sit with his groin injury. Um, no word when he's going to be back. Javante Williams looked like okay in week two. Didn't look as good as he looked in week one. And it looks like Teddy B might be starting to get like the lean there. I have Teddy B over Drew Locke in my quarterback rankings right now. Uh, Locke looked okay. Teddy B looked better. And if they actually want to win games this season, I do think that Teddy Bridgewater is the option they could go. Fantasy-wise, it's probably Drew Locke that we want for Jerry Judy and Noah Fant. Sutton also did not play, so he's still up in the air for week one. Continue to monitor his status at the moment. Just with Locke, he's going to go throw picks, pick sixes the other way, bomb it down the field, show no regard where Teddy's going to be like efficient with the ball and not turn it over a bunch. At least that's what we expect from someone like Teddy Bridgewater to make you better on the field. Oh, sorry, I misspoke earlier. It was Miles Gaskin, 19 snaps to Ahmed's 13 in that game. Big Ben! Ben! Looked pretty good, gotta say. Uh, but he also looked good for like 12 games last season too. I have no worries about the Steelers' offense. I think all three receivers are draftable. I love Deontay Johnson way more. I know people are coming around to Claypool. I would have him second, but I have Deontay Johnson way above. And I do have Najee Harris number nine in my overall top 150 right now. You can check that in the description. The Jets. So oh, the win total show is coming soon, next Monday, by the way, for the NFC at least. And then we're going to have some Jets talk with Gus. He's over the moon about the best rated passer from the weekend, Zach Wilson. Zach Shilson, looking good in the preseason. But Bryce Petty once threw three touchdowns as well for the Jets in a preseason game. Didn't really work out too well for him. Although... Wilson looked great, and he loved throwing to Corey Davis, so I keep falling more and more and more in love with Corey Davis. It seems like the hype might get a bit out of control. Elijah Moore still not back at practice yet with his quad injury, but I just think that the steal here on this team, depending on how late Davis goes, it's Davis. If not, it's Jamison Crowder, who's just going to be starting and on the field for as long as his hamstrings can hold up, and just no one wants him this year. It's really bizarre. Uh, so I think as, like, you can basically take him the last round. He's going undrafted in a lot of leagues because the more hype got so big, but we know that he's going to end up seeing the field. So don't worry too much about Jamison Crowder as a bench player. He doesn't have a ton of upside, but he is probably like a plug-and-play for you if your team is weak at wide receiver. He's someone who's going to get some targets. Tevin Coleman started over Michael Carter. I think that is important to note as the Carter buzz continues to drop down. I moved him a bit down, moved up Coleman in my rankings just a little bit. Not really in love. I'd rather have Carter, I think, long-term for the course of the year, but initially he's probably just not playable. And Jared Davis is out through week six on the defensive side of the ball, so that's their two best pass rushers going down in the course of a week. This defense is going to be awful. That actually makes me like Crowder, Davis, and or Crowder, Corey Davis, 
and Zach Wilson a little bit more because they're just going to be playing catch up the entire time. If they're going to win games, they're going to have to score like 40 points. So Chuck City for Zach Wilson, kind of an underrated uh, part of the rookie class right now in terms of fantasy, he's just going way later than everyone else who's getting the buzz. Like he's going ahead of Mac Jones, who's not currently starting, but he's going behind Fields, who's probably not going to start week one. Lance, who might not start week one, and Trevor Lawrence. I think he's objectively worse than those guys, but fantasy wise, if he runs more at the NFL level, he could be a pretty good fantasy asset. That's all I'm going to throw out there. And he's going towards the very back end. Even in two quarterback leagues, he's going super late. So that could be a target for you. Last thing, the Cleveland Browns. Donovan Peoples-Jones is likely to be the wide receiver three on this team with Landry and with Beckham. So you'll probably see Peoples and Beckham on the outside, Landry on the inside. But if you can continue to get reps, We've just seen his downfield presence. And if Beckham's back, that commands so much attention. You know you have to stack the box against the Browns to shut down Chubb or at least have a spy on Kareem Hunt out of the backfield that it's maybe more of a DraftKings idea for Peoples-Jones because he's going to continue to be cheap every single week. But if he's playing like 70, 75% of the stats, he's going to have some snaps. He's going to have some high valuable targets down the field, a very high dot for Donovan Peoples-Jones. And he's just moved ahead of Rashad Higgins and Kaderil Hodge in that offense. So just keep an eye on him more from a daily perspective or a player prop yardage perspective, game by game, week one, week two, week three. You probably don't need him unless you play in like a 25 round league and you have like a 20 person bench or something like that but that's just a situation to keep an eye on that was the quick update check the rankings in the description smash the like watch the other shows and subscribe to mayo media network and the pat mayo experience audio podcast i'm pat mayo i'll see you next time pat mayo experience experience